Welcome to episode 120 of the Fertility Podcast. I'm Natalie, your host. If you've just found me, a bit about me, I had treatments in 2014, successful fertility treatments, and have been making this podcast ever since. Do have a look at thefertilitypodcast.com where you can see all the different episodes, or if you found me on iTunes, they're all there. And if you can rate and review this podcast, that would be amazing because it helps more people like you find it. Now, I don't know whether you have a preferred social media, this podcast can be followed on Facebook, on Twitter, and more recently on Instagram. And um, I'm really starting to love Instagram. I was a bit scared about it at first, but then I realized actually it's a really supportive place. The fertility community there, well, it's pretty special. So as well as finding people from Twitter to talk to for this podcast, I'm now looking more at Instagram. Um, you can follow me at Fertility Poddy. And um, if you want to share your story that way, definitely get in touch. My next guest is somebody who I've been following. She's a brilliant illustrator. And like I say, if you are on Instagram, I'm sure you'll be following her and probably really delighted as I am to get to talk to her. So I'm now really chuffed to uh, welcome Christine McDonough to the podcast, who, if you're on Instagram and you're amongst the amazing infertility community, I'm sure you're probably following her. Her Instagram name is at Infertility Illustrated. Christine, welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me, Natalie. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm really chuffed to to be able to talk to you and um, I'm going to be sharing, you'll see the artwork for uh, this episode, Christine has actually drawn. You draw brilliant ink-based illustrations, mainly in black and white, and, and I, I, I see them as highlighting like the everyday behind the scenes of what goes on with fertility treatment. You're really open, you're really honest, from living in your car to having to deal with like family happy occasions when the shit going on with you and I want to first of all just know more about you do you draw for a living no I I did study I studied illustration in college but by day I work in corporate communications and I do graphic design so I don't illustration does not or drawing is not really factored in by day at all it's just uh, something I do on the side and I was looking back at when you started and your first post was only in August in 2017. We're speaking at the start of Feb in 2018 and you just recently passed the 1,000 followers on Instagram and it's it's quite a remarkable community on Instagram, the infertility community, isn't it? It's unbelievable and I, I honestly didn't know how extensive it was. I haven't really been very keyed into it. So it wasn't really until August... And it's amazing because we're about three years into our, you know, fertility treatment journey. And it wasn't until really this past summer that I actually started realizing there was this huge community on Instagram. And I'm so happy I found it. It's amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm quite new to, to working with it. And um, it's I think it's so amazingly supportive from the kind of post that you've shared. Have you been surprised at how much you've really hit home with people with what you're sharing I'm not that surprised because I just always think that if I'm going through this someone else is dealing with this too and everyone has to know how this feels everyone's driven to their doctor's office on a Saturday morning crying because 
it just sucks, you know, <laughs> or you're, they're just thinking about your friends or sleeping in, they're having a nice Saturday, and here you are at the doctor's office waiting to get a blood draw. So if I'm feeling it, everyone else has to be thinking about it too. Yeah. And, and I love there was one of you doing yoga, like trying to quiet yeah. that, that mind. There, there's so many relatable things that you're sharing, which I think is what is so wonderful. Well, I know is what's so wonderful about what you're doing and why you're getting such a, an excited following um, with, with every single post. Uh, I mean, do you do you ever draw and don't share? Because they see, you seem to turn them around pretty quickly. There's the one that I shared one yesterday, a one of driving in the car, mm. you know, kind of crying. And sometimes some of the more sad ones, I'll hesitate a little bit before I post them. So that one I actually drew a few days ago and I kind of went back and forth whether or not I want to post it. You know, sometimes you don't necessarily want to be as sad on Instagram. You know, you yeah. people want people want you to look at infertility from a comical side. They want it to be funny, but it's not always funny. You know, at the root, it's really sad. And so sometimes I hesitate about like bringing that sadness to my Instagram account. But at the end of the day, you know, I want it to be not just something that is sharing funny moments from being infertile. <laughs> I want it to kind of show how much it sucks too. Yeah. And also you want it to be how you feel naturally, not what's the right thing to do if you know because I, right. I, I feel that Instagram is wonderful in that sense that you can capture your feeling at that point so if you felt like sharing that then great and if you didn't like you say you thought about it but you don't want it to be too convoluted yeah and usually I'll do a drawing in that moment when I'm sort of thinking about something or feeling something so the yoga one that I did I it was like a particularly I think just difficult day with a lot of information coming at me and I was just thinking about a lot and I, I was just thinking I need to go to a yoga class I need to tune this all out because you just have all these words constantly cycling through your head you're thinking about so much stuff and you know how do you tune it out so when an idea pops up I usually go and draw it pretty quickly thereafter because I don't want to forget about it and I don't want to kind of lose that feeling of how it feels in that moment, you know? Yeah, no, you can tell. Let's just talk a bit about where you are with your journey because people can look back at your Instagram and you do detail it, but like you just mentioned before, you're three years in. So have you had a diagnosis of anything or are you dealing with unexplained infertility? No, I have um, I have a, a couple of things. I have um, polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS. Nice. So I know that's like a common thing. Um, I also have, I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism about a year or so ago, a couple of years ago. And not that that's specifically like a cause, but it's sort of um, like a factor that can make things difficult. Um, so those are, those are kind of my main diagnosis I guess and then I've had a couple I mean my first two miscarriages were ectopic pregnancies I kind of have a history of ectopic pregnancies and so that's kind of just another factor that you always have to work with <laughs> and you've had various treatments I know you've had two IUIs and one IVF cycle is that right yeah we we did in the beginning you know with PCOS the doctors make it sound really simple they're just like, oh, you're just not ovulating. Take a pill and you're going to ovulate and then you're going to get pregnant. And you're like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, we just started simple enough with taking, we use Femara, Letrozole, I guess. So we did four cycles of that. And it was my second two cycles in which we had kind of back-to-back -back ectopic pregnancies. 
we took a break for a while because those were pretty difficult. Mm. And then after that, yeah, we did two uh, IUI treatments. And then uh, just about a year ago, we did our first IVF. And that ended for me in um, ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome. Right. So they didn't actually do a transfer because I was pretty severely hyperstimulated. And then we did um, two frozen embryo transfers this past year. So, um, so to date, yeah, I've done IVF and then two frozen transfers. And right now we're just, you know, post the second transfer was a success, but then ended in a miscarriage relatively early on. So we're just kind of taking a break. <laughs> well, there's a lot, a lot that has yeah. gone on over a three year period. When I speak to the different people that share their stories on this podcast, I think when people like spell it all out like that it, it makes you actually think oh that is a heck of a lot to have kind of done to myself <laughs> you know with the prodding and the poking and everything and that's obviously what you're trying to document in the work that you you know you're sharing but that taking a step back just kind of gathering yourself I think is so vital are you letting yourself just not know what's going to happen yet rather than driving yourself mad about deciding what you're going to do next no we're definitely gonna we're definitely gonna do another cycle soon I mean we've got a, a bunch of frozen embryos still so and we're fortunate because some people are not that lucky they don't get that as many embryos and we don't we don't know the quality of them but we still have embryos to use and as long as we have embryos to use we are going to keep going it's just you know after you're injecting so many hormones into yourself mm. that you just afterward I feel that I just need a break to kind of come down from it all you know <laughs> cleanse your body <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And what about the support with regards to the miscarriages? You yeah. know, we haven't done much in investigation, like testing as to why. I mean, the first two were ectopic pregnancies, so that mm. was pretty clear cut. Um, I had to have a surgery for the first one, and they had to remove my uh, right tube. So that was pretty much, you know, cut and dry. And then the second one, you know, they don't – they don't like officially call it an ectopic because they're like, well, we can't prove that it's in the tube, but we just know that it's not, you know, normal and not in the uterus, I guess. Right. So, um, so they didn't really do any investigation into that one either. It was just a shot of methotrexate. And then um, with the most recent one, so we actually, we had just moved to Chicago when that happened. We were brand new to the area and so I wasn't near my doctor. My doctor's in Virginia. I was, we were living in Virginia before we moved here. And so I was just, wasn't like near my doctor. It was kind of a big mess. So I don't know if because of that, we didn't really get to do any sort of like testing as, as to like why the miscarriage could have happened. But doctors have told me the ones that I've consulted with here that if we were to maybe have one or two more miscarriages maybe they might do more investigation but at this point they're like well you've really only you know had one miscarriage from a, a frozen transfer cycle you know so okay yeah and what about counseling have you had any external support no i have not done or gone to any support groups uh any counseling again my sort of discovering this kind of larger world of infertility support or fertility support is still very recent despite yeah. the fact that we've been going through this for years i just i don't know if i just was kind of shutting it out you know when you start out 
you're trying to like it's all very personal and you don't want to really talk to anybody about it and you're not really sharing much and it, it hasn't really been until this past year that I've started to kind of think like about the larger community. Mm. So I keep saying I'm going to go to a support group in the Chicago area that I'm going to, you know, maybe look into counseling, but honestly, so far at least drawing has basically been my therapy <laughs> however it kind of comes out of you i know from the different bloggers that i speak to um and for me i suppose this podcast has been you know in that yeah. vein for me just yeah. talking about it and sharing it and getting a reaction and getting a response it, it it helps you process it as well yeah yeah and i'm like doesn't it help like you have this podcast and you can talk to people and that's, you know, probably has to be, you know, very therapeutic. So kind of the same way for me when I like think of something when I draw it, you know, even if it's just a quick sketch or if I spend more time on it, I just feel better afterward, yeah. you know, like, and then I, you know, kind of share it with every everyone on Instagram. And it's just, it's sort of my own kind of like personal therapy just you know, helps me feel better, release the emotion that I'm feeling at the moment, whether I'm like sad or frustrated or, you know, thinking something's hilarious, you know? Yeah. So, so talk us through how you draw. Is it literally you're drawing on a pad and then you're taking a picture of it? I'll, I'll do a sketch first, just a, a quick pencil sketch in my sketchbook or quick. Sometimes they take longer than others, mm -hmm. but then I'll go over it with ink um, to kind of, you know, get out all the, the stuff I, you know, that didn't work in the sketch. And then I'll scan it in and, you know, I'll either post it right then or if it's one I'm not sure I want to share or not yet, I'll, maybe I'll wait a little while. But for the most part, I, I usually do these in the evening after work, you know, I'm sitting down, maybe having a glass of wine, relaxing from the end of the day and I'll just, something will just come to me or something will come to me when I'm at the gym and I'll come home, draw it. And so usually my posts, you'll always see I'm posting at night or something. It's because that's when I'm kind of thinking about that stuff. Yeah. And have you got a favorite? Have you got um, one that, that you just were really like, I mean, they're all amazing and I'm sure they're also poignant at the different points, but was there, was there one that really... I don't know why whether it was the reaction from people or the significance of what had happened. Yeah, I well, I do have like kind of a favorite. And it's like one of my earliest ones and it's not even, you know, maybe like my best sketch or whatever, but I like I personally like the one where it's uh trying to figure out where your cycle went wrong and you know, you're just thinking about everything because I think a lot of people, you know, have a tendency to do that when either it doesn't work, you know, they don't get pregnant and they just get a negative or if it ends in miscarriage and, you know, you just start replaying every single thing in your head that you've done for the past several weeks yeah. and wondering, well, what if I did this? Could that, you know, and, you know, all the doctors say it's not your fault and obviously it isn't your fault. You didn't do anything wrong, but you can't help it, you know, when you just start thinking about, you know, everything that has happened in the past few weeks and could something that have happened in the past few weeks impacted this, you know? So I, I kind of like that one, but overall, I mean, I, I love all of them, some more than others. And people seem to like, I feel like I get the most overwhelming reaction from the ones that are slightly more humorous, you know, kind of pointing out the maybe somewhat funny side of it. I hate to say funny, but you know, 
No, I think we can. I think we can laugh at it. I think we have to laugh at it because it's 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 nothing that any of us imagined would be going on in our worlds. So I think to put and and I've 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 covered that before in this podcast about kind of adding the humour into infertility, and we have to when it's with us for such a lengthy period of time in whatever guise, whether it's the first time or whether it's you know having a second child, it becomes a part of who you are. So yeah. um, just going back to the one that you were just talking about where you did, it looks like a kind of math genius uh, yeah. <laughs> board. Somebody said to me at one point that the whole infertility journey is almost like you've drawn in that it's a kind of really complicated combination lock that it just takes, you know, the constant tweaking and then one extra turn and it'll all click and, and, and then it will work. And it, it, you've kind of summed it up in, in, a, in a similar way in, in that picture. Yeah, you're just trying to line up all these factors. Well, your temperature should be around this level. And, you know, you have to make sure your uterus is clear. And, you know, you want the optimum quality embryo or egg. And, you know, you have to make sure your partner's sperm is perfect. And, you know, you're just trying to line up. You want, you know, this hormone level to be around here and this hormone here. You're trying to line up all these factors. And then when it doesn't work, you're like, what happened? I thought the the formula was perfect. And we've seen a bit of your other half. We've seen, we know about your dog and we know a little bit about your yes. other half. What does he think? What does he think of your sketches? Uh, he loves them. He he has always loved my drawing and he's always been so supportive of it. And so he, th- he thinks they're funny. He enjoys <laughs> them. Um, he loves seeing them more. And I'm, I need to try to incorporate my, my dog in maybe to some more because I, for a lot of people, I know that having a dog or having a pet an animal is almost sort of like having your you know your fur child sure. basically yeah and i think you know once people do have children they sort of you know kind of forget about maybe their pets first and yeah i mean right now like my my dog has seen me through so much you know my dog has been there for all every time i've been sad so my dog is my fur baby you know <laughs> yeah. what's your dog called pippa pippa okay yes now, is, is, is there a plan for your work i mean i know it's like evolving and it's really exciting and um oh as if was that her then like she heard us talking about her (laughs) yeah she just wanted to say hi smart dog hello pippa (laughs) have you got a plan for your work are you planning a book are you planning to animate it i know you there's i'm assuming that there's a couple of commissions there in that there's the say the f words piece that no no you just did that okay yeah i don't i I don't really do commissions or anything right now maybe i will in the future but i sort of when i see something that you know, I kind of like or speaks to me, then I'll I'll illustrate it. So no, I, I don't particularly take commissions at the moment, okay. but you Watch know, I'm not space. really sure. <laughs> yeah, when I started doing this, I was kind of like, I'm just doing this for me. Mm. All of these drawings are for me. You know, I'm illustrating to illustrate the community at large and how kind of everyone's feeling, but I'm not, you know, looking to, I don't have an angle, you know, I'm yeah, not trying sure. to get something out of this. This is for me. And as it's kind of grown into something bigger, I'm I'm toying with the idea of maybe trying to like blog in addition to the illustrations. You know, I'm thinking maybe I'll I'll launch a website and 
ultimately, honestly, I would love to kind of publish a book of my illustrations because, you know, I think if someone gave me a, a book of, you know, here are some infertility cartoons, it would kind of be something helpful that you can kind of reference as you're going through the whole process, you know, yeah. and at, when you're at one stage. Yeah, it's just a snapshot yeah. of your everyday life going through infertility treatment or fertility treatment. So I think that's kind of my ultimate goal now is to hopefully, you know, publish a book of my drawings at some point. Exciting. Well, we'll watch this space and uh, continue to just enjoy. And I love how it's just evolved and how relevant it is and how far reaching the beauty of Instagram is. Because I know I mentioned the, um, the Say the F Word campaign, but of course you've, you've also featured the IVF Babble, Stronger Together, um, Pineapple Pin, which is just brilliant yeah. to see because, you know, obviously we're all trying to make this yeah. a community and it's lovely to see where things reach and how they're well illustrated yeah sarah at um ivf babel was probably one of the first people to reach out to me when i first started this instagram page and i was it was pretty early on so you know she she and i have kind of built up almost a, a friendship of sorts and she's been really supportive um but she was one of the first people that kind of contacted me about my page and um, so I just, you know, she, she didn't ask me to, you know, do an illustration sure. for her or anything, but it's just, I like supporting, you know, causes and people who are kind of doing so much for fertility and for bringing fertility awareness, you know, yeah, like, exactly. like Natalie, you're doing such an awesome thing with your podcast. It's <laughs> so, you. it's so nice to have someone sharing stories and you just had an episode about acupuncture and you know I was actually listening to it this morning yeah. and I'm like yes this is so helpful and like good to know and some of it I wish I'd known about earlier you know and I wish yeah. I started looking and for these avenues earlier but it's so nice to hear that people are covering these kinds of topics. I think for a lot of us, I mean, I didn't look at what was out there until I was successful in my treatment and then was able to kind of look and share and create more content. Um, yeah. And, and I know from people I speak to that they, they come into it late or maybe they've just found out that they, they need some kind of treatment and then they instantly look. But the fact that yeah. we are able to find this stuff and, and from a creator point of view, to be able to share and help because ultimately we just all want to be empowered with the information don't we that's, yeah. the, that's the mission that I'm on yeah and that was sort of why I chose now to start illustrating as well because I, I felt like I was reading so many stories of people who had already found success yeah you know they they'd been through the gauntlet and they came out the other side and everything was great and I just I kind of wanted to share with people that you know I'm sharing my story. I'm not out on the other side yet. I'm still in the trenches. I'm still trying to get through this. And who knows, it, it may or may not work at the end of the day, but, you know, I'm I'm still plugging along. I'm still going through it, you know? Yeah. Well, you're doing a brilliant job. Keep up the good work, and we just look forward to seeing more. I will put all the details of uh, Christine's Instagram account. I'll be sharing it on um, on Instagram as well, but you'll be able to find her details in the show notes for this episode and on all the different places online that this podcast goes. Thank you. Enjoy your Sunday. You can now kind of go and continue a nice lazy Sunday, <laughs> I hope. Maybe take Pippa for a well-deserved walk for uh, taking yeah. part in the podcast. Have her podcast yeah. debut. Yeah, we got some snow this morning. 
parents home. Did you? Maybe I'll take her outside. <laughs> the dog Thank you so much night. for having me, Natalie. It's been an absolute pleasure. Really lovely chatting to you. And I uh, hope we keep in touch. Yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you, Natalie. This has been wonderful. It's been really Good. nice talking to you. And you. You take care. Okay, you too. The Fertility Podcast is supported by OvuSense. If you're trying to monitor your cycle and finding it overwhelming, OvuSense is the only ovulation monitor on the market that is a class two medical device. It has a vaginal sensor and app and fits like a tampon, so it's really easy to use and comfortable to wear. Now you use it at night while you sleep and then in the morning, you simply remove, wash it and download your data to see your cycle pattern. Now OvuSense has proven comfortable for women in over 10,000 cycles of use and can predict ovulation up to a day in advance and can confirm it with 99% accuracy. To find out more, visit ovisense.com. Now, the show notes for this episode are thefertilitypodcast.com forward slash cartoon. Do go and uh, have a look and you can see more about Christine and how you can follow her. And I'll put a link to her Instagram account so you can see some of the images that we were talking about. I'll also put the details there of the Fertility Podcast closed Facebook group, which if you haven't already joined, do so. Uh, It's called Talk Fertility, and I have some of my brilliant expert pals who have guested on this podcast helping to answer some of your questions. Also, whilst you're at thefertilitypodcast.com, do pop your email in the newsletter box just at the bottom of each page so I can keep you up to date on all sorts of stuff that's happening with the Fertility Podcast from events, from a brand new fertility directory that's launching, uh, also to some live sessions happening around the UK. I don't want you to miss a trick. So just pop your email in there. And until the next time, 